Hello, all the human lab rats. Well, this podcast is on genetically engineered meat, lab meat, not animals that are processed in labs, but actual cell lines from animals that are propagated into human consumption meat. I came across the information on a website called Believer, which is doing first uh, big facility. I think it's established in North Carolina, a huge facility, 200,000 square foot, produce at least 10,000 metric tons of cultivated meat. And it's investing uh, over $120 million into the facility. The reason why I noticed this particular company because they changed their name from what it used to be called Future Meat Technologies to now Believer Meats. It's an Israeli company where its first plant is actually was in Israel and now they're expanding to the United States and they just broke ground in North Carolina to be able to do this. You know, so once it changed its name to Believer Meats, it kind of went into this spiritual realm where, especially if it's coming out of Israel, to really be, again, attacking the Bible, attacking God. God, what he wants for us was to have, he gave everything for food, animals, plus the seed-bearing plants and trees. You know, he gave all of that for food and nutrition and to be able to enjoy life, including taking care of the animals animal husbandry from that people can enjoy their meats that they're used to like cattle goats chickens and so on but yet now they want to get rid of all this they want to get rid of all the animals that's why they're making all these laws against farmers to make it really hard for them to farm and especially raise cattle they're trying to tax them for their animal byproducts from uh, methane gas that cows release and so on. But all of the animal husbandry is part of the ecosystem of the world. Even if they produce methane gas, it's supposed to be for the benefit of the planet. Everything is interconnected. All the gases that are naturally released, not by chemical processes, but that are naturally released from humans and animals and plants It's all part of the recyclable ecosystem that sustains the planet. Everything gets consumed by the other. We consume oxygen, plants produce oxygen, we produce CO2, plants consume CO2. Same with animals, they whatever byproducts that they produce is gone back into the atmosphere where the atmosphere requires it. Otherwise, God would not have developed it in that way. Since they don't believe in God, they don't see any need for the natural ecosystem. They want to create their own synthetic life, synthetic biology, synthetic food, synthetic air, synthetic world. They don't, they no longer want what God provided. They don't want you to look outside and creation of God, be awe and wonder. When God said that no man has any excuse just by looking around to know that God exists, to know that he did all of this, even without the word of God from the Bible, no man has any excuse that God exists. Satan is trying to recreate 
the whole image into himself and recreate a synthetic world, he wants to wipe out the creation of God. They found their ways to do this as technology developed. Currently, in this generation, everything is genetic engineering. Everything is genetic engineering. There, that is the number one industry that's running the world right now, is to be able to transform humans into genetically modified humans. They've already been doing it with fruits and vegetables and plants for decades as soon as they were able to get that technology rolling to genetically modify. The technology of, of mRNA, genetic editing, CRISPR, all of that, it's not really that new since they've been doing this with plants and animals and seeds for a very long time, at least during my lifetime. Now they're able to the last uncharted territory was really left is humans to make genetically modified humans. I mean, there's been sci-fi movies about it all along, like Gattaca, to create a perfect human being and a world of all genetically engineered men and women, what that would look like. It would start at birth. There's plenty of information that's been exposed to the world of what genetic engineering is going to do for us. And now... They don't even want to genetically modify fruits and vegetables and animals and still remain animals, still remain the fruit. They want to create fake food and lab-grown meat, lab-grown apples. They could easily just take a cell line. If they can create a fake chicken from a cell line, then why couldn't they do that with a tomato, with an apple, with every cell? Because it's all genetic cells that they're re-engineering into food. They can create whatever they want, including human meat. If anyone has a taste for cannibalism, that will roll out too. Because it's lab created and no one's actually killed, uh, I have no doubts that they're going to introduce human cell created food and put that in the grocery stores for people to have a taste and thirst for human meat. And ultimately, where I think it's going is that the movie um, Soylent Green, where everything is going to be lab-created, and eventually it'll just be, once you get the taste for human meat, it'll eventually just have no problem uh, using real humans to create meat and sell it for food. Why do I think that? Because if you're going to get rid of all the animal husbandry, you get rid of farming, traditional farming, and you destroy all plant life, you know, natural fruits and vegetables, it's going to create a desolate earth. God talked about at the beginning, the earth was void and dark and desolate, and he put all that life into it within six days, and seven days he rested. Before he began to create light, the stars, the heavens, the plants, the trees, and the sea life and humans and everything that he put into the earth, it was dark, void, and desolate, and no rain fell on it. So he actually created rain and mist to originally water the plants and stuff. Once you take away what God created in six days, six literal days, that's because he says every, every time he created something, there was an evening and then there was a morning. I have to take that as six literal days. If he created that, speaking it into existence, and then Satan is coming along and wiping it out, you know, like one by one, 
destroying all life, destroying wildlife, destroying farming, domestication of animals, and ultimately creating, now this is the first plant in North Carolina, which means people are going to be working in this plant, and they're not going to have any problems with lab-grown meat because it's, if it's, you know, 200,000 square foot facility where they can produce 10,000 metric tons of cultivated meat, that meat has to go out in some place. It has to go out in commercial environment, restaurants, grocery stores, and the people that it has to feed around it. And it's not just the employees. It'll be the entire communities, the neighborhoods of North Carolina first to be eating lab-grown meat. And after that, it's just going to spread everywhere. But I wanted to read the article that's been written about this company. Uh, it used to be called Future Meat Technologies, where it says it raises uh, $347 million and makes about a $1.70 cell-based chicken breast. And it's an Israeli cultivated meat company. It's going to break ground in U.S. facility 2022. So this is an earlier article to the one that's written where it updated that it's going to be opening into uh, North Carolina, and it changed its name to Believer Meats. But in this article, it's still referring it to the future meat technology, its original name. It says the growth of the cell-based company, which uh, Nehemiah, I guess is the co-founded, in Israel in 2017, is getting set to expand into the United States, which has already happened uh, in North Carolina. So there's a growth of animal cells that our company uses to produce meat, and it said it would grow much faster and more efficiently than those being developed by other cultured meat startups. And their growth and efficiency and the cost of the future meat to produce chicken breast continues to drop. So it's going to make it attractive to customers because it's going to have meat available for just a couple of bucks for them. If they can do it, you know, even cheaper and cheaper than a dollar seventy. Imagine if they, you know, once this gets going and they can actually produce this stuff for way less than a dollar, then what that would mean for mean to have growth of this meat uh, develop in grocery stores, especially when people can't afford to buy expensive food anymore. There are going to be less and less jobs. There's going to be the standard of living is actually going to go down, not up. And when the only thing they have to eat and be able to afford is this cultured food, lab-made food, people are just, they're going to go buy it and they're going to eat it. There's no way to stop it. Even now, like, you know, the what happened with Beyond Meat where people started rejecting it because they didn't want fake meat. And luckily that company, you know, went out of business because people still wanted real meat, real food. I'm wondering, you know, if that's still going to hold today with lab meat, which is based on a cell, a animal cell that they are recreating into tissue of fibrous tissue, the stuff that we actually eat, the meat part, uh, the muscles. So it's basically regrowing again and again and again animal muscles that we end up and animal flesh that we end up eating. 
the article continues about who actually started funding and get, you know gave it 347 million in series b funds so the companies like adm ventures which is a huge global food giant archer daniels midland tyson foods uh they all invested in it even nestle now has invested in it large-scale food producers in the United States have given them money to go do this. And one of the interesting quote that it uh, said in the article is, is the next challenge is to build a large scale facility that can eventually address the needs of American market and reach not only small scale restaurants with Michelin stars and chefs serving tiny pieces of chicken, but also getting it into retail. You know, they have a goal. They want to get it into not just as a specialty food item at restaurants, but also get it into your grocery stores. And once it's available in your grocery stores with the reduced pricing, so what they'll do is they'll make it so cost prohibitive to have a real chicken. You know, a real chicken could end up costing you $50 a whole chicken versus lab-grown uh, flesh that could be like only a few dollars. Imagine wanting to buy lamb or uh, parts of beef, sirloin, you know, beef that you actually would want real meat from real animals that somebody farmed and husbandry and, and went to the slaughterhouse. Imagine none of that actually existed anymore and they're putting it side by side in your grocery stores where now you can buy a huge uh, rack of lamb for like under, under $10. And then the real rack of lamb, it's going to become a specialty item where it could be hundreds of dollars for you to get. And they're going to make it difficult, even if a market is created where the real meat is priced up, and then all these mom-and-pop farmers decide to start farming it because of the demand and high pricing, they decide to farm real animals, they're going to be prevented because the laws and the government is going to support these institutions. It's going to support companies like Believer Meats and all his, what it's really doing is supporting Israel-based companies to come and change society and change the world and get rid of, by introducing every little thing that they do, they're getting rid of what God originally intended for us to have. So now the attack is on farming and real food, genetic engineered meats in your grocery store. And how are you going to be able to tell the difference? Because it likely is going to taste like chicken. It's going to taste like beef because they're taking cultural cells from the animal and it's only going to grow into that flesh. Now, if you're thinking... Is this just new technology to create cell lines and then propagate that into something else, and especially for consumption? Well, this idea of cell lines from a single cell and duplicating it over and over for research purposes and medical commercial products and so on, it actually started with HeLa cells, which is called the immortalized cell line, and it actually came from a woman, African-American, died at 31 years old. And she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. So they took 
assault line without her permission. And once the scientist was able to replicate the same cell, and it said it, you know, within 20 to 24 hours, it doubled again and again. So it became uh, more or less immortal because as long as they gave it the right conditions in to keep the cell alive, it would just continue to double and double and double. So they had used this in medical research without permission. And the lady named where HeLa cell came from is the first two letters of her first and last name. So her name was Henrietta Lacks. This was around 1951. And she was admitted to John Hopkins. Surprise, surprise, they're the one institution that's involved in all this vaccine stuff too. So they originally, um, you know, treated her for cancer and a doctor from that institution took her cell line and he was able to double the cell line every 20 to 24 hours. So there was, you know, a lawsuit against the medical institutions and the Lack family because they took it without a permission. It wasn't required back then. And all the millions and billions they've been making off of the cell line to keep selling it to all the research institutions for whatever purposes that they want, um, they kept making money off of this while the Lack family uh, never made a penny off of it. And there were some controversy and lawsuits between that family because they actually did a genome of that culture, the first original cell. So basically they have the genome of that family and what that would mean and what, you know, what they're going to be able to do with that genome. The research that we're doing with this HeLa cell lines, because the way it's so fast growing and uh, very infectious in a way, it contaminated all the other cell lines uh, in many of these laboratories where they're just accepting it that up to 20% cell contamination in all of their research. So they've been using this cell line for all the genetic engineering research they've been doing. They've been, all the vaccine research they've been doing because they inject the chemicals into these cell lines to see, you know, what it would do because it's still part of human biology. As these things, you know, where they weren't careful initially to keep it under wraps, with the cell line, it contaminated all of their entire lab and other cell lines that they had uh, cultured and growing in the labs. So pretty much this is all universal. The whole world is all contaminated. So whatever research that comes out of it, they have to acknowledge that the culture was contaminated up to 20%, no matter what research that, that they're doing. That should be concerning to everybody, that whatever the truly thing that they were trying to control, it actually infected all of their biological work throughout the whole world. And something that they couldn't control, and now it's mixed in into everything. HeLa line, cell line, is not like a one of the cells that was healthy from another part of the body. It's, it was a cancerous, fast-growing cancer cell that eventually killed Henrietta Lacks. Imagine, you know, if this cell line is a cancerous cell line that's contaminating everything, and it ends up 
into vaccines, it ends up into all the genetic material that they're trying to come up with, which would include anything that they were trying to do with animal cell line. So the process is very similar to how they were able to keep and grow the human cell line for HeLa to now take that technology and to be able to use it where they can grow animal tissue and then have it keep growing and growing and growing where they're going to create, able to create just by one facility, 10,000 metric tons, which is a ton of meat. You know, in a way, when you look at all the animal husbandry today, animals are being abused heavily because it's no longer about the real animal husbandry where there are free, where farmers have a big chunk of land and animals roam free until they're ready to die. They're now housed in these tight pack factory warehouses where the animals have no life. They're basically agony and misery and doped up until they're ready to be slaughtered. So in that sense, you know, if it can prevent that kind of animal abuse, you know, and if that many people do not have any regards for animals and how they're treated, then they deserve this kind of meat. Because you don't deserve to eat what God gave you if you don't have any respect for the animals who are suffering, kept in these large farms to be able to turn in so that, you know, you can quickly buy something for low, low cost in your grocery store. That's not what God intended. That's not how he intended us for us to live. In fact, what should have been happening all along and still could be happening now is to allow majority of the population that isn't like intended to work in office spaces to go out and be given land to farm and continuously grow diverse food that God gave us all kinds of plants, uh, trees, and vegetables, and fruits, and nuts, the seed-bearing plants. You know, there's so much that Bible talks about in the book of Genesis of what he provided. And all the animals that he described, what we can eat and what not eat, in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, you know, he gave all those guidance as to what is clean food and what is unclean food. So imagine if millions of people, instead of wasting their lives and being taken care of by the government and waiting for their checks to live in beehives in the city, if all of those people that don't seem to have a real purpose go out and promote them to be, become farmers and you know care for their livestock, raise the trees and fruits that we need, vegetable farming, animal farming, you can totally create, there's so much space and so much, and that's how we were supposed to be living, that animal husbandry and farming was part of humanity, and it was supposed to be spread out, where people were supposed to spread out and do, you know, are part of their own food supply. Not how we're living now, where it's condensed uh, to work and live in the cities and where you're in your office all day long and then when you go home, you're indoors in your house all day long with about less than an hour, an hour outdoors. This is for every day for so many people around the world. 
That's not how you were meant to live. You have no community. You don't have any real things that of any value working, even if you're making a gazillion dollars in your office space. You have no value. You have no life. You have no wealth. You have nothing. Because you have nothing that's connected to God and nature and animal husbandry and farming that I think is the greatest gift of all, greatest valuable work that anyone can do. And once they start getting rid of all of that, you know, we're just enslaved. We're in our own little prisons. Some could have a nicer prison than others, but it's still a prison. I don't know what people are going to react to having fake meat into the grocery stores, cultured meat, which to me is pretty scary because you don't know anything about that cell, the original cell that they keep replicating over and over and over. Imagine eating Gila flesh if they were to able to replicate that as meat because you can and selling like that as human meat from the Gila cell line, which is a cancer cell. They have no idea what these cells are. God never meant it for you to take one cell of any animal and that turn that into cloning itself over and over and over and over and eat that as meat. Since this just started to break ground, I don't know if FDA is you know likely going to approve it, but it, it has to approve it because they got like a gazillion dollars and they already are building this facility. So why would you build a facility if you don't expect approval? So it's going to get approved. It's already been functioning in Israel, and this is just their extension to try to grab the American market and charge, you know, so much money of trying to get 300 million plus people to eat fake meat. And you know Bill Gates is behind this too because they haven't disclosed all their funders, but he's he was the biggest proponent of lab-grown meat as food. He's the one who bought up all the farmland and was investing heavily into these fake meat companies. So even though they don't mention him, I'm willing to bet he's one of the biggest investors as well. When you see products in your grocery stores called Believer, which is to me, it's hugely offensive. It's, it's attacking Christianity because a believer is believer in Christ. That's the term that Christians have been using for a very long time. And now this fake meat company is using that it's is logo and company name believer if i see that in the grocery store pray that something happens just like beyond meat and let people wake up so they would you know want to do traditional farming again and you know force the government's hand to not make so many tyrannical laws against farming and try to preserve farming because that seems to be the thing now is now we're fighting to preserve traditional farming. I don't know. The future doesn't look all that great. All the movies, sci-fi movies that ever been made, made the future desolate, where there's nothing growing, nothing green. It's all just people fighting against each other. And where are they going to eat? You know, if the earth looks so desolate, what do they eat? And ultimately, I think this is just leading to cannibalism. The idea that once all the food is gone, the real food and the earth starts to become desolate again, 
then people are just going to turn on each other for food rather than go out and promote fake meat from the lab. And I think that's going to have consequences because it's a cell line that's intermingling with the human cell line that isn't natural. So who knows what that would do to a human biology to eat like this. It's all artificial world at this point. And I look back on the movies like and shows like Star Trek, and you can see that they never actually grew any food either. So they had a whole ship full of people, who knows how many. It could be up to a million or whatever. And they never grew anything. There was nothing on that ship for them to grow uh, plants and vegetables and raise animals. And it was all like beamed. The food that they ate was made by this Star Trekian beaming down and making it into food. Well, how could it do that? It was basically virtually digital printing the food for people to order whatever they want and eat the digital printed food. And looking back at all of that now, I'm thinking, you know, that's the future. It's a synthetic world that they want to create. There's going to be no real food and no real humans left. And perhaps the modified humans won't even care about the real food anymore if they're no longer human themselves. So that's kind of where I see it's all headed. Thanks for listening.